The following content is provided by MIT OpenCourseWare under a Creative Commons license. Additional information about our license and MIT OpenCourseWare in general is available at ocw.mit.edu. So in the afternoon, um, we want to go back to the model room for another visit there to look at, to look at those plans with a more informed eye and kind of hoping um, for you guys to lead the discussion most on, on that stuff. Um, and once we're through there, we'll go up to the uh, plans collection. MIT Museum has a, an amazing collection of plans, um, boat design plans. And so we'll look at, at different methods of drawing boats and how they suit the design. Um, so and just and wrap up the class that way. And I think that the final thing is to do a little debrief, you know, with you at your models and, and um, talk about where you've gone and what you see and, and, uh, and also, you know, bringing it back to the method strengths, weaknesses, you know, things you can see with the method that you can't otherwise. Um, but before we go up there, um, there's one, one key step of translating this into a form that can be built from, which is coming up with a, with a table of offsets. Um, every plan will have this little table, which is basically ordinates on, uh, on the grid so that when I'm, you know, if I'm building this boat and I need to loft it to draw that full size, I need to know you know where these points are on the um, are on the station line. So, th this is important in terms of looking at the planch collection upstairs. So, Tony, so, um, here. again, to, to um, if if you've got your your virtual model in CAD, um, you basically press a couple of special keys, and uh, and the thing will can print out a set of offsets uh, to whatever accuracy you want, or you can send a file to a um, a three-axis or a five-axis mill, and actually just create, create, um, um, actually, you know, physical stuff that that fits exactly fits the shape of that that you uh, that you've designed. Um, but uh, but again, back in in uh, pre pre virtual world, you you needed to um, to take the drawing which you've done, um, and I think you've all kind of got a sense of how. Um, with a little practice that you, you can kind of tell if a, if, if a line is half of a pencil line too fat or too skinny in places and, and how you, you kind of honed things down to at least at scale to where where, where things are almost in, imperceptibly different but that, that you, you've noticed that there's a difference there. Well, of course, to scale that up, uh, we've been dealing in scales of three quarters or inch to the foot um, or 700 uh, inches to the to the or yeah 700 feet to the inch uh, like on the uh, on the uh, aircraft carrier but uh, so you can imagine when you scale up that um, that th this very fine accuracy that we thought we had in the in the model is really nothing when it comes to real life and that uh, um, the, width of the pencil line can be anywhere from a, a quote, an eighth of an inch to to a foot and a half depending on what scale you're working on and that uh, you know ultimately you're going to need to resolve all of that in the lofting but to get from, from this to the lofting in a systematic way, um, they, the, you know, the convention of, of having a, uh, a, a table of offsets was, was, was evolved where, see, there are, there are the half breadths from the center line, and then each of the station, you know, the, the perpendiculars and each of the stations are li listed here. Then you've got a set of diagonals, which are these diagonals shown here. And then here are the heights above base, or or heights from the datum waterline, or however that wants to be laid out vertically. 
and for each of the stations. And this, the, the numbers in here were arrived at by having the, the eagle eye that did the drawing working the scale rule. And you find with practice that you can kind of imagine that, that yourself looking at an inch to the foot scale that you can actually tell what a sixteenth of an inch looks like on here. I mean, it's, you can't really prove that it's true, but you kind of, kind of can talk yourself into thinking that you can. And in which case, you then have your assistant write down the first number, you know, these are, they're written in three, as three numbers with a dash. So this is one foot, nine inches, and five eighths. Okay, and then sometimes you might see a plus sign, which means that they think that there's another sixteenth on that too. So, so then you go through and at that point you really are kind of just, I, I just want to like physically lay out, sure, just so, sure. this, so no, no intuition allowed. The, <laughs> this is, if you're, whatever your scale is, you lay your scaling rule at station, station uh, seven, you know, you're, you're putting the, um, you know, you're, you're making a measurement so you know it's one foot and uh, you know seven and a, five and a half inches, whatever it is, to this water line. So when I'm when I'm lofting the boat, my first step is I just draw the grid, right? And then I go back and I make a mark at, at one foot one foot seven full size. Right, so literally right. that so so that's that's a half breadth off the center line. And then if we had a datum line here, I'd have heights for the shear, you know, measured right. in exactly the same right. way. So, right. So so if it's not incredibly obvious, that yeah, hopefully yeah, that made yeah, it so. Right. And, um, and, you know, so that once this is all, all, all filled out, then, then the builder, starting with that, with that basic grid, can then, can then fill all these back in again. And, um, but actually, the, the builder laying out the grid is going to hopefully, again, not just sort of start on one corner and, and just sort of fill this thing in, but it's going to recapitulate the same kind of proof that, that we've done in the drawings, where, where you start with the master lines and you reconcile those and then you, you keep on gaining information as, as, as uh, the same method of, of uh, deciding where, you know, which one should I believe, which one should I hold on to, which one should I adjust to reconcile with the other. And um, because there will be a tremendous amount of interpretation when, you know, when a, an eighth of an inch is basically less than the thickness of the tick on the, on the ruler, uh, and, and, and uh, you want a result that's, that's good to an actual Sixteenth of an inch in you know in full full size, um, and then also there could be transposition errors in here. Lots of of, of famous yacht designers have made horrible offset tables because they you know they, they just were dys dyslectic and wrote the things backwards or missed things or you know just got them out of order. And, and those things are are um, um, were in there for the builder to have to deal with, and much easier to sort that out methodically while you're actually laying out the lofting than it would be to, uh, to just sort of make each mold believing that, that these offsets were correct for each station, standing them up and then going, well, wait a minute, this didn't work. Why isn't this working? And then you're not having any idea why. Um, then also once the lofting, once these lines that give you the shape of the boat have been laid out on the, on the lofting, um, then uh, depending on the construction method, the, the builder can start making actual decisions about how how the, uh, the actual pieces are going to be, be laid out and constructed and be able to make deductions for, for the uh, thickness or width or, or intersection of pieces with each other. And a lot of pieces are, can actually be built, you know, are built, not just molds, but actual, you know, the whole backbone yeah, of the boat. Pattern of backbone, you can so that, you know, you, you may put a, a fashion that's, that's hidden, 
but you can schedule it on a loft. So, I, okay, I know I got a big drift in here. Then I know that coming from the other side, I can't put a sprue, you know, on this side. You can you can take all of that kind of thought process out in pencil, and and also all the bevels. You know, the the angles that the planking comes in into the backbone. I can pick up those those shapes right on right on the on my backbone, so that you know when it comes down to planking, they just lie right in. They all they all work. The, this another thing is that the the Whereas the tools that you use to create, you know, when, when you started, you had um, you had a point here and a point here and a point here, but to fill up that space in between, you used the curve, the, the plastic curves to, to occupy that space. But if I'm on a, um, if I'm lofting this boat, and this thing, you know, that might be three feet apart. So the way, the, the tool for, for, you, for creating accuracy in that space there is, is called a fairing batten. And it's a long piece of wood, usually longer than the boat is long. It might be 20, 20 22 feet long and um, varying thicknesses. It might be an inch and a half square. And you, use, you, you actually bow that wood to follow, to follow a line so it meets all the ordinance. And then you get down low, same as before, and you sight the curve and you look for fairness. And that's how you, would, that's how you judge if the ordinance that you were given are accurate, right? So you, you draw those lines. So in this case, you know, I would draw, I would draw this buttock line up to maybe here. You know, then I might draw this water line back to here and judge you know, judge how they go, how they all work, and then later on connect it, connect it to. But, you know, I'd start with, I usually start drawing these and, and reconcile, make sure these look all fair before I draw these, because right. it's so much easier to sight that long, gradual curve than it is these very tight, sudden bends. Yeah. And I can see how they but, all go but together. But then any, any inconsistency that you find here, you've got to then trace it back and yeah. fix it back in there, because um, if you find that, that this, this station right here is off at that intersection, and yeah. you make an adjustment, well, you might find that then that's going to affect, when you bring that back up here, that's going to affect this station and this station. Yeah. And then it all ripples through. And, and there's it, like zero wiggle room. I mean, right. it has to reconcile. Otherwise, yeah. it's not buildable. You can, right. you know, right. don't, don't yeah. ever just fool yourself. yourself. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> as you can um, sometimes. And, you know, this whole process of lofting, um, you know, everything from, from you know, big ships to, uh, to, to you know, little canoes were, were, were lofted this way, and and this whole this whole tech, technique was was uh, was lifted and was used uh, has been used again in aviation. To, you know, every every airplane ever built was um, you know, before oh, yeah. before virtual modeling was was lofted too, and and uh, in fact the the whole terminology and um, and methodology of of, of um, designing and building airplanes. Uses all the same term, you know, terminology and methodology that, that was evolved here. Um, you know, if, if you have a CAD program, it'll give you a choice of, of setting things up either uh, with a, you know, kind of an ar ar um, the architectural standard of you know of X Y and um, for uh, that's used for for uh, buildings and for for landscape or whatever. But then you can set it up on aeronautical, and aeronautical is really the it's really nautical. It's the it's it's this setup, you know, so that uh, you know, X and X, Y, and Z are, are are laid out to be used for this kind of kind of thing. Um, so, so we'll. I think that's. I mean, that that was just that last step. You know, how yeah. do you you've translated this and now? How do you make it into a buildable form? Is creating those offsets yeah. so, pretty straightforward? Yeah. But we'll yeah. look at the loft again down by the model room, and maybe now that will yeah. resonate yeah. a little better. Yeah. yeah. Well, these days, you know, what you could do is, based, um, if you had access to the to the right um, machines, 
you could scan the model, mm -hmm. and that would be the, the you know, if uh, for for some of you who's, who went further with the model, that would actually right now, you know, um, in the practical reality of who you are and where you are and what you have available, scanning the, your model and continuing from there, or digitizing your drawing and continuing from there would probably be more realistic and, and even more interesting to you than trying to continue um, finding ways to deal with this particular uh, woodworking or, or hand drawing uh, you know, uh, techniques, mm -hmm. which are of his, more historical interest, really, in a pragmatic sense than, 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 than anything else. So, um, you know, then, 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 um, yeah. Um, well, the one for you, yes, because you haven't done any of that. You might as well skip it directly. But for instance, for for, for the ones of you who've gone further with the drawing, you you might want to do a combination of scanning the model and and uh, and digitizing the drawing, and then actually putting them together. And then, wow, you really open up a whole sense of of, uh, of how all of this stuff came together. Um, and then, uh, you know, once once you're inside of the box there. Uh, um, you, you can start exploring all of the, 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 the freedom and, uh, and, and, um, and detail, you know, the, it, the it, specificity that you can, that you can combine in, in, that, in that format. It, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a matter of familiarity with the tools, too. I mean, right, that's, that's, right. I mean like, like the woodworking part, I'm, I'm more familiar with those tools than I am any of the drafting tools. Yeah. And I would probably, for myself, I would trust my own judgment on the model more than I would the drawing. That's, my, that's what I'm more accustomed to. Right, right, um, right. You know, because I know how those tools make those fair curves. I yeah. know I know how to make them do yeah. it because I've been planning wood for 35 yeah. years. But right. um, for but, you know, if you're more accustomed to a computer and understanding the shape that way, yeah. then yeah. that's a fantastic tool. Yeah. It's better than mine, really. Yeah. So, but, but but here's one thing that I think that that because of your experience here, you're going to have have uh, a more finely tuned sense of what to do in CAD than people who just Started directly in CAD because um, I think you've you've noticed you've been able to realize how if you don't take control of your tools, your tools take control of you, right? And the easier the tool is, the easier it is for the tool to take control of you. And so you'll find that um, that especially well, that this is starting to become less of a problem. But but 15 years ago or so when when CAD design and boats started to first interact a, uh, a lot, um, that every CAD boat looked like every other CAD boat because, because people were being dominated by the, by the technology as opposed to you, you know, using the tool critically. Um, and that's, you know, that, when I talked about the transition that I had to personally go through, um, you know, it, I, could have, I could have gotten rid of a lot of the trouble of that if I had just accepted that and said, oh, okay, well, uh, in CAD, all boats are supposed to look like that because that's how boats are easily done in CAD, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I didn't want to do that. So, so I wanted to bring what I'd learned before that and, and force CAD to do what I wanted to do instead of the other way around. So, so in, you know, in a lot of ways, this whole experience is probably going to help you a lot more not get just sucked into the, to the uh, cliches that, 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 that CAD will, will set you up for. Um, okay, yeah, so and we, and, we, and we definitely stuck with, for this method, we generally stuck to more traditional forms because the method suits it, it really does. And even the way the tools work, you can kind of replicate in your mind how the planking would run and how the boat might be built. So just one last thought before we go up. When we, when we get up to the model room, I really would like each of you 
to, uh, to look at all the models with a critical eye of how do, you know, which ones of these have the most bearing on what I've been working on and, uh, and then to you know, come up with, with questions uh, that you can share with a group or comments or whatever um, so we can have a, a bit more of interaction because at this point we do have, each of you have some specificity that you can bring to bear, some starting point to bring to bear to this. So, so we should be able to make this more of a discussion. So shall we? We're gathered here in the uh, uh, collection storage area um, for the MIT Museum's archival collections and photographic collections. Uh, almost all of our paper-based and, and photographic-based collections are in this in this area back here. And, and the uh, two largest design collections that we have are uh, what we refer to generally as the Heart Nautical Collections. It's a series of uh, collections that range from uh, shipbuilding archives um, and uh, yacht design archives, uh, various designers and builders uh, from uh, old MIT alum in Nathaniel Green Hershoff uh, class of 1869. Uh, he was a special student in uh, mechanical engineering here at MIT. Back in those days, you, there were special student status. Special student. You could study whatever you wanted to study, but he sort of, he didn't actually get a degree, no. uh, but he studied here for, I think, uh, three years. Uh, so you can't use his plans then, right? He doesn't have a degree. No, no, no. Um, so, so anyway, there's, there's uh, various collections that have uh, a distinct uh, MIT uh, connection, like jo Professor George Owens design collection is here and and uh, of course many of these yacht design firms uh, and or the shipyards employed uh, MIT grads not just in uh, naval architecture and, and ocean engineering but mechanical engineering in various uh, various areas so uh, <clears throat> to some extent it is a little bit of a it's a, it's a record of, of US uh, uh, naval and um, uh, record of U.S. naval architecture and marine engineering uh, from, uh, we'll say, about mid-19th century right on through today. And as I was talking to you earlier, we're still documenting, we're still collecting. I'm, I'm talking to alums from uh, 1970, 1975, um, and getting their stories and, and actually collecting um, technology, sort of the where this technology has, has evolved to. Uh, so it's an ongoing process, but what we've what we've gotten out here for you today is just a uh, just a fragment of uh, uh, some of the material that's here. Um, I did want to point out that uh, behind you and on this side here, all these flat files contain not just the Hart Nautical collections, but we have an architecture and design collection um, that. Uh, represents largely student work here at MIT. The first school of architecture in the United States was MIT, and actually the first school of naval architecture and marine engineering was first four-year college program in the United States was here at MIT. Uh, so, you know, 1866, uh, I think the first classes were, 60, I think right after the Civil War, I think is when the first classes were. And so that's the beginning of architect, formal architecture uh, education in the United States, and then the the uh, what we refer to as used to refer to as course 13 because now it's merged into mechanical uh, started in 1893 uh, and so in this room you have 
one of the most uh, unique design collections, uh, probably anywhere in the city, and I would, I would argue there are few other museums that have a world-class architecture and naval architecture and marine engineering design collection. So it's, 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 it's a design library, and you know, right now it's sort of, you know, how to access it, it's, it's more or less analog. We've been doing a little bit of, uh, uh, been uh, slogging away at trying to convert the access to a digital access. We, we literally are going to have an online database uh, starting this summer, uh, probably not till August, uh, and you'll be able to go in and access 38,000 records in the Hard Nautical Collections. Um, there's going to be a web interface to our database. Uh, we're in the process of buying a new database. So you're not going to be able to see too many images of the plans, but you'll be able to search across. And this is going to be a phenomenal breakthrough for all the people who, who utilize the collections right now. And then we're going to start scanning this material in. So you'll be able to, as a design library is, is a library that you must be able to visualize the material. You can call up and say, I'm looking for this kind of stuff, and you can get records that say, well, there's sort of this kind of stuff, descriptive records, but as you, as you all have been experiencing, you know, visualizing both three-dimensionally and two-dimensionally is really critical. And what's depicted on the plans is, is uh, you know, alliance plan is not alliance plan is not alliance plan. There's, there's, there's similar information across lines plans or construction plans, but it varies. So what we have here is um, we have a preliminary lines plan of Frank, if this is Bernice. Yep. This is a P-class, universal rule P-class boat uh, by Professor George Owen. And you walk by an exhibit um, that you may want to yeah, we'll uh, look at that. Take yeah. a look at that uh, on your on your way out. Uh, it doesn't have any lines plans. It has construction and sale plans, and then some uh, some representative models from the collection. And uh, George designed on the board, meaning George did not design as you have been uh, uh, working this week. George designed. Uh, he didn't design with a model first. He designed scientifically the newfangled way. And as uh, Tony has been, you know, hammering, I'm sure. Uh, now you said, oh, you said there was a final. Actually, I would really call these. Uh, right. Well, that's that's one that was apparently yeah. sent to the shop, and then they used that to, to expand the lines. Well, what typically what 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 I'm referring to is is there's a working. There may be a couple of working examples of the lines, and you'll see all the erasures. And this will all be, you know, this is all familiar to what you guys been doing to to some extent. Mm -hmm. And then and then generally in a design collection, you will find inked lines. You'll find a final where they've resolved, this is it, this is the final, and it's, it's, it's a sort of a documentation of that final shape that was, we'll presume, the built shape. And now, the next one down is a deep, is a deep detail. And then, uh, right, um, you know, I'll let Tony talk about some of these uh, in, in detail. I just wanted to kind of give you a, a, a review of what we got. This is all one boat. This is a boat that still exists today. It's actually being restored up in um, Rockport, Maine at uh, uh, Rockport Marine. Rockport Marine. Um, and, um, 
and and so uh, we just met with the owner of the boat uh, just recently, and and uh, let's see, what's a P boat's overall length? It's uh, about. Uh, yeah, what is this? Is 50 feet? Or, yeah, 55 or so. Yeah, 55 foot overall. So it's a really sizable yacht. Um, and, uh, and so this is a, you know, this is his, his approach to a construction plan. And you'll see what, you, what you're looking at over here is a construction plan for Bibelow, which is a Sonder class boat uh, by NG Hershoff. And it's similar to the, the models that we pointed out to you that have the really narrow waterline but lots of overhang and when it heals it's waterline length uh, and, and there was a replica of this boat that was actually built um, in um, up in Maine about a decade ago for a German client this class is still alive on German lakes and there have been a couple of uh, replicas or reproductions built and then uh, let's see what else we've got um, this is, uh, so this is the N.G. Hershoff collection, or the Her Half River Hershoff collection, the George Owen collection. This is from the Davis Hand collection. Uh, uh, William Hand was a, was a, a Maine uh, designer who practiced most of his, uh, from Maine, but practiced mostly in Massachusetts, down in New Bedford. And his, uh, his early contribution is he was doing um, uh, well, power boats at that early period, in the early teens, when engines were uh, starting, internal engines were starting to sort of um, take over from uh, from steam or t or be a whole new power uh, solution. Uh, he was doing lots of experimentation, and he was building boats that were uh, actually quite sea kindly. Um, they 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 were sort of pioneers of of the deep V. Uh, section so your boat for example you know it's I mean it's not a power boat but it, it, it's a chime boat and if you uh, if you uh, had uh, more of a V section in the in the run of the boat the shape from midship back um, you know it might be a more sea kindly type of boat or you might be able to take it in heavier ways and you'll note here that these lines here this last line um, you know you've you've discussed uh, what the lines represent and everything, so everybody's familiar with that. In the body plan here, you'll see the angle of this. This is the last line near the transom. Or excuse me, not, I'm pointing the wrong one. This line right here would be the last, that's essentially the transom, I believe, right there. And see, see right at the transom, there's a, a fairly good V section. There's more of a V section going forward. So it wouldn't pound in a seaway. Even though it's a chine boat, it would actually, and a lot of the other power boats in that era were actually go fast lake boats. And they were really, you know, they, they, they basically damage your kidneys if you, if you wanted speed. So, um, you know, this is early power boat and it was really innovative in, in, at its time. Uh, today that is, in, in toward, uh, for that type of boat, that's, that's more or less a kind of a hull form that's successful at sea. I think I'm reason. Oh, yeah, Stop I'm in and, and argue with me no, if I'm no, wrong. You want uh, some gloves for that? Um, sure. Uh, and this is an extremely, this is similar to the model I showed you down in the model room. I keep this up here to sort of demonstrate. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very rare artifact, and I probably shouldn't be um, taking it apart all the time. But uh, I wanted to uh, demonstrate the. Uh, <coughs> 
system here. Hmm. It can't be too moist in here. <laughs> it's pretty dry in here, so you yeah, you think there's a lot of it. And I don't usually jam them in, but this then begins to illustrate for you how this works, or better yeah. yet, we'll see how much more directly you go to the, from model to plan this way. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's effectively working I, I, in the same manner as, as taking the taking the sections, right? Yeah. But you're just taking sections in a in different, different plane. way, a different plane. Yeah. So, but you from this you can extrapolate. So from this you would extrapolate those sectional shapes, right? Um, rather than the other way around. You see that radical down here is we, you know, we're really getting radical as we're getting. Yeah, down and you can see that shape you, you can see that this that this kind of shape is that the the line of the hull is too oblique. Um, this is a really nicely carved model, you know, so it's still a fair line, but a little tiny, too much sanding here would make that line wiggle, and so, you know, reliability goes downhill for that waterline plane. Yeah, the difference in reliability between this part right here and that yeah. there and there's is a little, tremendous. There's a little bump there. I guess I got this turned the wrong way, don't I? It should be this way. Right? Yeah, that way. I mean, if right. I, right. I know, it's right. good to yeah. see. It's it actually maybe way. better to have them turned this way, huh? Yeah, so we can see. That's yeah. how you would trace them. Yeah, yeah that's that's the way that you'd lay them down yeah. on the plan. Because the other, yeah, the other plan is. I'm not sure how you do that. That one would have to be. Yeah. That? <laughs> so that's, that's one concept. And of course, as Ruben and Tony have told you, you know, you can also cut cut them in the body plan. This is typically how that, mm -hmm. how that, uh, uh, yeah, and they and also that they, dimension is depicted uh, two-dimensionally. They often, you know, one reason why models are often rare is that the builders would saw them up, because that's the best way to get those sections. If you if you're to saw them and you know carve them out of a solid block or, or a glue together block, <coughs> rather than separate them in this plan, you could saw them in this plan to get those sectional shapes and extrapolate that way. And There's, you're looking at you know you're looking at a real artifact. You're looking at something from the 1830s, 18 at, at the 1820s. Mm -hmm. 1820s, I believe yeah. this is, and, cool. and so this is at the very beginning of this technology yeah. becoming, and this uh, just general approach becoming a design system in the United States. <clears throat> so that's you know that these are the these are the treasures that are in museums that you don't generally get to sort of access uh, unless you you know you come in. However, what we're trying to do is turn that on its head and make everyone a museum curator so that literally you can come in virtually and you can you, you can you can access this vast amount of material because the design that's embedded in the drawings is just it's mind-boggling the approaches to problems yeah. uh, so we're hoping that uh, you know not only students of design and engineering but you know anyone who uh, might benefit Go ahead. Well, I, I was yeah, I was going to launch into part B, but I don't need to quite yet. If you've got more to. to uh, well, I, I guess one thing I could I could say I'll, I'll talk about. Uh, uh, so what's the shape for for uh, B below? If somebody would slide me over that booklet right there, um, I'll 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 talk to you a little bit about a different system. Ng Hershoff okay, yeah. was was trained. He was trained as a traditional boat builder. And so his natural first stage of, of realizing a, a design idea was to sculpt it, was to carve a model. And, but his approach was to carve a very precise model. Um, 
And uh, once he did that, once he was satisfied that that, that, that shape was what he was uh, uh, attempting to achieve, then he would take, uh, uh, he had an apparatus, an instrument for taking a very precision instrument, much more precision instrument than you use. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and he had a uh, machined table that the model would be uh, uh, firmly placed down on. And he would take, and he would arbitrarily divide the model into, into stations, just like every plan here has stations. And, uh, and in fact, <clears throat> Uh, there's what? How many stations do we count on that plan? Is there? There's a number. 57. So you'll you'll see that actually um, um, 51 probably. I'll bet you that's 51. Here at the stern. What? The farthest back. Back here. Here's 50, 52, 54, 56. 57? Well, that's interesting. It doesn't jive with the offset book. We've got a problem here. But what, 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 what his approach was is that he'd take that shape at each, at each station. And so here's 0 and here's 1. And so that's the actual yeah, so, XYZ coordinates. So just to relate that back to what we were just talking about uh, last um, in, the, in the shop was that this is not giving, you know, it's actually, this, this tool that he had actually gave offsets, actually gave the measurement in feet, inches, eighths, right? So instead, and so he never had to go through the step of drawing the lines plan. His machine, as opposed to my you know, Rube Goldberg contraption, actually made the, gave you the measurement and, and the, scale. And there was a scale. And so he never had to take that step of drawing the lines plan. And, and what's interesting, cool. <laughs> because the model is highly precision, uh, he had a scale, and so these numbers depending on what the scale of the plan was intended to be, or the scale of the model, excuse me, because that's the basis. It just so happens that the model scale is going to be the same as the construction plan scale. Then that would automatically give you the full size uh, dimensions. And, and he also and, had an incredibly skilled and cooperative loftsman <laughs> you know, who then, would make corrections as he went. And then when they actually made the molds, they would actually do the fairing on the molds. Mm -hmm. So you'll find occasionally in the offset booklets where there's a number crossed out and a new number written in. And that's so after they made the molds at that particular stage, they said, no, actually, it should be this number. And they, and they correct the <laughs> offsets. So these are corrected offsets, mm -hmm. developed from a model, scaled up automatically, and then corrected by hand. And then that's the record. So that's a, that's a different system than a lot of other builders at that well, we don't know exactly because we don't know a heckle of a lot about all of the Hershoff. Uh, it's, what's brilliant is that it's a very large and very uh, diverse design collection, both naval architecture, marine engineering. There's 30 different sizes of steam engine drawings in this collection. Uh, you know, every bit of hardware, uh, all the drawings for, for every component uh, exists, not just the designs of the vessels, but everything that went into the vessels. Uh, and so we know a fair amount about the way they did it. We don't know for some of the other companies where there isn't so much, so much evidence. So that's um, a little bit of uh, hopefully dovetailing with what you've been yeah. doing. Um, well, so we, we don't want to, um, we don't have a lot of time, so we won't go too much with it. Um, but 
the, just a couple of things to, to look at. I mean, we have, we'll move things around um, uh, as we go along, but, you know, what you all ought to do is go around the room and, and look at, at, at how they, how the, in drawing the line span, there are different conventions and different ways of representing the state. You know, you'll, you'll notice in the bow, there, there are measurements, there, there, you know, outside of the offsets, there are other measurements to give that sudden curve of the bow. Um, and then, you know, in these, in some of the, the line span for the P-class boat, they actually show the waterline half breadth shape on the, on the fin portion. Now, right on that, right on that one profile view. But different ways of, of relating the shape, and you can kind of see how, how, um, you know, how, how they solve problems they came up with in drawing. But the other thing that we haven't talked about at all is that the launch plan, like the half model, is only an expression of the shape of the boat. There's nothing necessarily literal, right, in construction in that launch plan drawing. Your, your frames don't necessarily line up and often shouldn't line up with your sectional, uh, sectional shapes. Um, so a lot of these plans will have construction plans. And, and you can see how, how they would you know, trace over the outline of the launch plan and come up with these construction details. And there's a lot, of, you know, as a builder, this is the thing you spend your time with. Everything you need to know about the boat usually is right is right here. And you can scale, you have your scaling rule. I mean, any decent boat builder has a rule in their pocket with a, with, I just call myself a decent boat builder. Um, there's a scaling rule in their pocket that, that they can scale right to the plans. Um, but the, you know, take a take a good close look at, at how these details were yeah, handled. Yeah, right. Yeah, right in a computer. Um, um, you know, all kinds of engineering details. There, there's strapping uh, for sticking stiffening the deck. There's all kinds of dimensions written into the scale. And, and, and of course, uh, 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 fasting schedules. There's all kinds of details. Where to cut the scarf for the stem. I mean, there's just a load of stuff in here, and you can kind of see how, you know, how informative this sort of plan is for the builder. Um, so, and that, that's that's my rant on the plans, more or less. But yeah, definitely be looking at all of these different ways of drawing. Yeah, let's. And, and the the tie boat is a different has different requirements than the round bottom and the fin. Why are there the holes in this one? But that that's a great question. What they did was they made a half model from that plan. Basically, oh, okay. they put clicks of wood and they made holes that define these shapes, and then they glued them together and paired them down to make that shape. That's yeah. how you make a half model yeah. from the plan. Yeah, for instance, when when you already have a drawing and you want to create a model, you don't start with a block. Yeah. You then you, you you take and create a bunch of layers, but then on each of them you you um, you, you trace or prick through the shape of that of that waterline and you at least ink or or pencil that accurate line very carefully on there uh, and cut quite close to that and then you you actually you glue them all together in a stack so that you end up with a stair step model. Remember that one I that had one that, just off the end? That, that, that dark brown yeah. one there? And then when you plane away everything that removes the stair steps and you already and you have a kind of of, uh, of um, uh, knowledge that you guys are starting to get a glimpse of in the last couple of days about you know how to make these decisions about how to carve it away because it isn't just you can't just sort of hack away you know, you're interpreting as you go. Uh, then you end up with with a model that is accurately reflects the plan. And if at any point you decide that um, that no, you need to go further than where those those inked edges were, then you're actually change. You know, you understand at that point that you're now making a change from the yeah. And, from and the I plan. think that, that that's one way to think about how how you know quote unquote scientifically a half model carver might might evolve a design. Like they may make essentially make you know use this to make a half model, but 
add a little bit here or add or take away some, some somewhere else and then shape the model and use that as a way to develop an idea. So they're beginning, you know, almost literally with this shape, but then developing it just a bit. Yeah, and then you can also see here, oh, uh, this, first off, the scale of these drawings. How these are much larger, physically larger drawings than, than the models or drawings that we've been working on. Um, because again, by doubling or even tripling the size, you're increasing the accuracy of the result. You're giving yourself more, more room to, to work. These are also larger boats. So, so uh, again, to keep the same, even to keep the same level of accuracy that most of your models have been, you'd need to make the drawing bigger just to, to keep the scale right. There's a drawing on a wall. As we go out, you'll see it's about, what, eight feet long? That, right. That yeah. Well, here's, here's, here's a couple of examples in here, here that, that, that we can look at. And there may be some lines in here. This is Union Ironworks. This is, this is shipbuilding stuff here. And I, 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 although I think some of the lines may be, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of hardware details, but there's, uh, there here we go, here's a, here's a steamer. And again, these, these plans are from, uh, you know, early, uh, uh, I think these are early 1900s, some of these are 1800s. In fact, this is, uh, isn't this going to be the same That's vessel? Construction plan for the hull. Oh, this is different. You know, line, you know, certain displacements for fresh water and salt water. There's all kinds of uh, right. curves here. Right. So, and uh, an inter interesting thing about these, these steamers um, is that they're kind of at an intersection between Sebastian's um, uh, high-speed sailing dinghy and um, some of the, of the early kinds of rowing shells mm -hmm. and, uh, um, and, and some of the, of the, um, of the power vessels. Here's Here's a fabulous plan. You don't see this type of plan very often, but you've got it all in one plan oh, yeah. here. Yeah. 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 yeah, every detail. And superimposing the half breadth yeah. over the profile. Yeah, so this is a whale boat, which was a kind of lifeboat or gig uh, used on the, on the USS Olympia, which was a, a battleship in the Great White Fleet, Roosevelt's, uh, Teddy Roosevelt's Great White Fleet. Isn't that the one that's yeah, still so it's late a late 19th century? There's a model of it right over, I think, of the Olympia over there. Maybe over the Brooklyn. Oh, there is. That's right. Yeah. Isn't the Olympia the one still in Philadelphia? Yeah. It's still, yeah. In, Philadelphia. Yeah. still yeah. in Philadelphia. It's a treat. I mean, it's a yeah. heck of a vessel yeah. to see if you're ever down there. Yeah. And uh, and then and then of course the whaleboat type comes comes from uh, from back. You know, uh, was really one of one of the whaleboats of the world was was evolved just in southern New England and. Bedford and, and in, in the Cape and Islands. What, another interesting feature of this uh, for the use of the boat is that this, this rig is meant to be, it's called a knockdown rig, which doesn't mean you knock the boat down, but the whole thing can be collapsed to fit inside the boat. All those yards are shorter than the boat. That's what you were talking about before, yeah. too. Yeah. So you can, when you're rowing it, the rig is out of the way. Yeah. And you see how here also, with, this is often done in, in a, when you're actually lofting to save space. You actually put all three of the of the views mm -hmm. collapsed right on top of each other, uh, just because you know you, you don't want an acre of space on the floor to, to do this. Um, but um, you, you see that you can still maintain visual clarity the, between the, the, between them all. And look how wonderfully these are drawn. I mean, the the, the workmanship of these drawings is really stunning. I mean, the thing I mean, you you really <laughs> see how, how yeah. well they're done. Yeah. I mean, there, there's yeah. art. It really is. There really else. is. Yeah. is and well, even discipline compared to the royal yeah. the the royal. 
uh, draftsmen of the yeah, 1750s too. They're there like on another planet. Yeah, yeah. Those guys are um, real. Could this be silk? I mean, the, 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 no, some no, of them no, appear to be linen, but this doesn't no, appear to be linen. It's just a very fine linen, it's right? It's just a different grade of linen. It's, yeah. the, it's that higher late 19th century grade yeah, of linen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you see, you know, the, these translucent drawings were done on linen. Uh, it's a, yeah, I wanted, what I wanted are there any scales in any of these things? Has anybody seen uh, that? That's something that when you're, you know, a lot of the plans will have a scale. Well, a scale, one, one, one. No, no, I, I mean the, the, oh, scaling, actually the scaling a scale. rule. Half because it, you yeah. know, with different yeah. humidity, no, the paper would stretch. Well, and so if you're scaling the, uh, off it, the, the paper would have a scaling drawn on it. So you'd use that to measure by rather than the ruler. You double check your measurements. So you'd measure something with a pair of dividers, not a ruler, but then and take it to the scale. I'll get an example out for you. But uh, I just want to briefly come back to these sure. three drawings uh, the, um, and the, the way they show the, the work process, process here. Um, this, oh, yeah, this, this first um, manila paper uh, sheet, this buff sheet, you see this is where, where, where he started uh, working on the design. And then he saved as, then went on to yeah. this transparency and put, put over top. But here how... He, um, it's very faint and a lot of glare, but if, if you get a chance to, to really take a, a look at it, it's maybe help everybody see a little bit more. Um, it has the water lines, it has the profile, it has the body plan, all superimposed. It has the diagonals, which show here, and that you can see what he meant, which diagonals he chose here. See, they're, they're arbitrary, but they're with a, chosen with a purpose. And then this, this curve here, um, at, we didn't get to this at all. We talked about the, uh, the we, curve of yeah, errors, actually. About, about um, taking a, and, and with the, from the body plan, getting the, the area that's enclosed by the underwater portion of each of the sections, and then you plug that into a, a formula, and that's going to give you the displacement of the boat, but it also is going to give you some, um, you know, the areas at each station. And if you plot those out like a graph, Using yeah, so the actual a, literal a stations square measurement, here. but you express it as a linear uh, right, measurement to right. get the grant. You know, coming up, mm -hmm. and then you make a graph of that because that's not a, that's that's the graph actually, not not a line in yeah. space. Um, that shows you the, the the disposition of that displacement across the length of the boat. Now you see here this this particular boat, and as you could kind of tell into it just by looking at the fine ends in the fuller middle, um, the the displacement starts out quite skinny, and then and then Kind of gradually grows up, but to a big lump in the middle, and then and then drops back and off. Your boat again. has some of that character as well. Right, where, yeah. Well, actually, in a very different way. Yeah, actually, <laughs> your boat is much more. You'd know, be a much much flatter. Much flatter than that. But, flatter than this. But too. still concentrating mm -hmm. buoyancy in the yeah, middle. Like yeah, yeah, but but there'd be an area more like so uh, yeah. under it, and uh, and you know that that's a way to 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 take and, and uh, visually represent the way some of that uh, analysis would go, and uh, and then of course. He's, from that too, you can get a sense of where the center of buoyancy is, because the center of buoyancy is going to be, you know, in the middle of this of this space. Um, and uh, yeah, you could simply cut it out on cardboard and balance, right, and it, balance it and find that center plane. And, and yeah. the center yeah. of the of the of the load water line gives you the center of flotation, which is different from the center of buoyancy, because that's just the the center of the plane that the, that the whole you know submerged part of the, the boat takes up. Um, and again, as we mentioned before about the about the uh, the diagonals, um, you can see how you know there's certain because of these geometric uh, 
you know, right angle cuts that, that create the water lines or the buttocks, in certain places they end up looking kind of weird and, and have nothing to do with what the flow of the water might be or the, or the, or the run of the material planking, whereas the, the, these diagonals are chosen in a way as to be kind of more or less normal to the overall surface in a way that, that, that ends up giving you a, a, another way of seeing how, how fair the flow of water would be over the surface. The, the curve of the buttocks and profile are not even drawn on this, on this no, plan. Right. They'd be superfluous. Right. But also, these water lines, you know, down at the fin, they would be all stacked up where they end that drawing. So they're drawn right on the water yes. line plane right down See, there. and how each one of these looks like, looks like a, an airfoil because really this is a this is a foil. This is a foil, just like the wing of an airplane, um, and and um, you know where these weren't necessarily taken from actual uh, NACA foils uh, at, at this time. This is what 1916. There really weren't any <laughs> any uh, at, at that point uh, uh, CACA foils, but uh, but but the whole idea, you know, the idea of trying to to make to make a um, actually probably argue that. Uh, the, the, the whole idea of a foil shape of a, of a um, really started with with with, uh, with boats and then and then was only adopted by aviation later because at this point airplanes had wings that were that you know that were just curved on the top but but you know not and curved on the bottom too not not foil um, okay so so yeah so then went went from went from this and then and then put this over it and made slights if, if you actually put this over there and I'm not saying we can take the time to do it but um, you're probably going to find that there are some minor minor adjustments and and uh, revisions that, that, that happened in here then it, then went to the model the model was probably actually a good selling point too there's something to show the the owner because as you probably can now realize from if last week if you'd looked at these things they would be meaningless to you You'd just say well look, yeah it's the kind of nice looking squiggles on that paper but I have no idea what <laughs> you're showing me so you know the owners of these boats are probably not going to see anything here but if you show them a nice big beautiful model and this nice and shiny mahogany they're going to go oh yeah I'll write a check for that <laughs> there's little the windows cut in there I guess to orient yeah, the, the plan huh? yeah probably yeah. Yeah. And then, and then it's drawn differently and more cleanly. The the, the body sections are drawn differently. Yeah. Um, yeah. The either diagonals or water. I guess water lines shown, but not diagonals. So another drawing might show the diagonals. Um, yeah. And, and so I would guess too that there were there were more of these yeah. save as layers between this before you got to the point of working this final construction plan. And but there's one other version actually in the folder there. He took an old exam book with him up to Ashton Brothers apparently. And said, and how closely did they build it? <laughs> and he has all the variations and all no, the stations. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And a little yeah. escape clause. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so probably trying to beat the judges because it's a, oh, yeah. a, a sure. boat built to a rule. Yeah. Sure. And he didn't want the judges coming saying, oh no, your, your boat's too big yeah. for yeah. our yeah. class. Yeah. Sure. Um, how are you for time? Do we have um, it's 10 after 2. Yeah, we probably should shove along, actually, okay. if that's all right, all right and um, look at the model. Yeah. These yes. Yes. The, the grains, I guess, is that, it's just, is that but those are drawn on there to yes. show yeah. the grains? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that, yeah. That's, I mean, a piece that's, of that's a level of sort of that craft, you know, is 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 there was a love. Well, a lot of times they were colored. There was a, there was a lot of love going on in that in that craft, and, yeah. and it was, yeah. it, you know, it was trying to give a, it's a working plan, mm -hmm. you know, but you'll see, especially in that, 19th century period, uh, late 19th century period, there's an awful lot of that 
sort of illustration. Yeah. But um, th this is really interesting as it, from an engineering viewpoint because here you've got a structure that's 200 feet long <laughs> and it's made out of timber <coughs> and it has to be fairly light but, it, and it, but it's also because of its shape, it's, it's not a very strong shape, it's just a long skinny uh, flimsy shape. So, uh, and it's going to have this tremendously heavy and uh, full of vibration, big steam, you know, engine business in the middle here. And this enormous superstructure, which you can all guess at, you know, that makes it a ferry steamer, three or four decks on top. And so, <clears throat> basically what they're trying to do is create a, a, a girder structure here, a, kind of like a bridge, right? Uh, with all these these diagonal braces and trusses and things, yeah, right? Sure. To to create and then this enormous thickness of, uh, of of all those layers of keel and and these kind of uh, of uh, of uh, big frames in there. They're sandwiched between inner and outer keels and everything to just create girders and truss trusses to create to give enough strength to this thing and enough stability, uh, physical, you know, uh, to keep it from flexing, so that the thing would actually. It actually work and uh, and have some sort of a life and of course these things didn't really last that long not just because wood is perishable but because they're pushing the engineering of the struct of a structure well, made out of these materials. Well, it's more it's, it's a little bit more stress than a bridge has to do. A with. lot more stress because than a bridge, yeah. because you know it's carrying a weight in a dynamic environment right. and a bridge's dynamics are aerodynamics and and load and aerodynamics and load. Yeah, right, but right. but uh, yeah so. Um, and you know you can just imagine if they haul this boat out, and this sh this ship out, and they you know the, and the blocking that you know the supported it on the ground wasn't exactly right. How they could easily just break the whole thing in half, uh, uh, or if it you know ran ag uh, against the rock on one end and the tide went out. I mean you could you know there's enormous str uh, strains on the structure, and it's not very strong structure because of its shape and because of limitations of the material. And where it, whereas, and which is kind of uh, the same kind of problem that that that, that Sonder boat has, but is not a problem with this shape of boat. This this boat because it has a lot of curvature, and 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 uh, and more reasonable proportions overall is going to have you know kind of the way eggshell you know an egg has strength because of its shape versus versus having strength you know it's a very brittle material but it, because of its shape it's enormously strong. So this is a strong shape. That's a weak shape, and that required a lot of engineering to make that into a strong thing. Same with that. Whereas this one or that one, they're more reasonable shapes and end up becoming reasonable in the sense of having strength inherent in the shape. Yeah. So they required less engineering and less structure to make, to make them strong. These boats didn't last as very long because you're pushing the materials you know, beyond their limit. And the, these would be much more conservative as far as, as, how, as their longevity. And of course, this is an even more conservative uh, shape that's reasonable and easy to, to build out of material. There's this shape, this this choice in materials might actually be because of where the shipyard was. Yeah, in the time, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, by, by uh, this has got to, is there a date on here? This has got to be turn of the century. San Francisco. I don't see any date on here, but um, my guess is that um, it was well, turn of the century. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, you sh you would have expected it to have been built out of steel, um, but it was on the west coast, and there was a huge abundance of that material. And well, and so yeah, there's, there's probably a forest of Douglas fir and redwoods building that. But they were local, whereas the steel would have come from Pennsylvania or something. By, yeah, 
around the horn and would have not been economical for them at the time. You see here you can see all the all the top hamper that isn't shown on, on here. This so this block here is equal to that cylinder there, which is the which is the boiler. Uh, but then there was the, all of these decks above. I mean this thing was up up to here.